the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show here on the Salem Radio Network. My name is Bob France, sitting in for Dennis here in the home studios, the relieffactor.com, pain-free relief, uh, pain-free studios of AM 1420, The Answer in Cleveland, Ohio. You can see the beautiful Cleveland backdrop behind me. It is, uh, it's, it's not really that pretty in person, uh, but the picture looks nice. So if you're watching, <laughs> if you're watching on the uh, Dennis Prager uh, uh, website, or if you're watching on the Salem News Channel, wherever it is you might be, uh, that, uh, that's how we wish it looked all the time. But it doesn't. But uh, it's home. So that's where we are. Uh, welcome. Dennis, of course, is off for the day. Uh, happy Rosh Hashanah to everyone in our Jewish community listening to us uh, from coast to coast. Just had a couple of people on my local program in Cleveland. Uh, uh, wanted to talk about that a little bit. Obviously a very important time. So we certainly appreciate your attendance and appreciate your um, listening to Dennis on a regular basis. And I really hope you listen to me for the next three hours. We have a lot of important things that we're going to discuss with one another. Did you know if you are now, I guess I should probably ask you uh, before I make a declaration, are you, a MAGA Republican. If you are a MAGA Republican, you are, by definition from the President of the United States, you are a domestic terrorist, you are probably an enemy of the state, um, you are hell-bent on destroying this country. These are, these are messages and direct quotes, well, actually, those are paraphrases of his direct quotes, that he made in Philadelphia just a couple of weeks back. You heard, you heard it. He repeated them a couple of times on other different stump speeches where he's campaigning for losing Democrats uh, all across this country as we are now, what, we're less than 50. I don't have the I don't have the number count, but we're less than 50 days from the midterm election. And... Um, so Biden has spent a great deal of time telling you those awful things of what he thinks about you as a MAGA Republican, if you do count yourself as a MAGA Republican. So I want to start this, uh, this broadcast by asking, are you a MAGA Republican? And if so, how do you respond to the allegations from the president and his senior advisors that you are an enemy of the state, you're a domestic terrorist, you're a radicalist, you're an extremist, or radical and an extremist, and you wish to destroy the United States of America. But first we have to get through the part about, are you a MAGA Republican? What is MAGA? Now we know what MAGA stands for. 
and some people pronounce it MAGA. Don't sue me for how your act, what your accent is. I say MAGA. That's the way it is. Because it looks like magazine to me. I don't know. What is a MAGA Republican? MAGA, of course, was coined by President Trump in his first campaign. Uh, you know, he wanted to make America great again, which sounds all kind of reasonable. Uh, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. Make America great again. Okay. But the left has turned it into a pejorative. That means if you are MAGA, you are all about Donald Trump and Donald Trump alone. You are pro-Trump against all else, against all reason, against all common sense, against everything that Donald Trump has said. I mean, you know, it's just Trump, 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 Trump. You are a member of the cult. If you're a member of the MAGA Republican community, you're a member of the Trump cult. And I would like to just kind of dispute that for a second. And I, you know who else I would think would dispute that MAGA is all about Donald Trump? You know who I think would be very, very adamant that MAGA and America First are all about one man, about fealty, about loyalty to a, a cultish personality, blah, blah, blah. You know who else would say that? Donald Trump would. Donald Trump would tell you what I'm about to tell you. MAGA and America First are not about one man. It's not about your undying loyalty to the 45th president. Rather, and I told this to an audience at a speaking engagement last week, MAGA is about 330 million men and women and children. Not one man. 330 million people. Making America great again or keeping America great. And I guess we have to go back to MAGA now. You know, for a while there, in Trump's re-election campaign in 2020, it was keep America great because we had done great things together under his leadership in four years. The, the fourth year, of course, was curtailed quite significantly by COVID. But, but literally, make America great again was a success. And the new campaign slogan was keep America great. And a lot of people have been, you know, clinging to that. But, of course, over 20 months of the Biden administration were not great anymore. Over 20 months of the Biden administration, all of those great gains that have been made are now gone. All of the terrific accomplishments on foreign policy, on domestic policy, on economic policy, on security policy, on sovereignty policy, all of it, education policy. All of the great gains we had made are gone in 20 months under the Biden administration thus far. So to say, are you MAGA, is to not say, are you a loyalist of Donald Trump? You may be, by the way, but it wouldn't only be that. Because as he would say, and as I'm telling you, being MAGA means being for the American people. It means being for the tremendous gains that all people the, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats, as you know, from tax policy to energy policy to employment policy to manufacturing policy to trade policy to, to investment all of those things. We all got lifted by this. And it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. And by the way, you are either just a man or a woman because... Ain't but two genders. Two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. I want to make sure we're clear about that. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Um, but whether you're a man or a woman, whether you are uh, black or white or Latino or Asian or any other ethnicity or any other race, whether you are gay or straight, 
no matter who you are, what you are, you you benefited from the MAGA America First movement. Everybody got better. And that means everybody. And you can cross, you, you just look right across the board at the crime rates. You look right across the board at the uh, uh, incarceration rates. You look all the way across the board at the drug abuse rates. You look all the way across the board at uh, employment rates. I mean, minorities in America did better under Donald Trump than they had in decades. Decades. So make America great again isn't about Trump. It's about the people. It's about you. It's about me. It's about all of us. So I use that to clarify the remarks made by people like um, the senior advisor to President Joseph R. Brandon, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Now, she's the former mayor of Atlanta, and she did just a spectacularly awful job as mayor of Atlanta, which, of course, is why she got the promotion to senior advisor to Joe Biden. Keisha Lance Bottoms took what Donald Trump, or excuse me, what Joseph R. Biden said at Independence Hall in in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago and has repeated on the trail about what enemies of the state we are and doubled down on it, saying on MSNBC over the weekend that you, as a MAGA Republican, which we just defined, if you are, you are, if you're not, you're not, you decide for yourself if you are a MAGA Republican and understand that that means not just loyalist of Trump, but loyalist of the people. If you are a MAGA Republican, you are trying to destroy the United States of America. So says the Biden administration, per the words of senior advisor to Joseph R. Brandon, Keisha Lance Bottom. Well, I think it will be important for all of us who care about the United States of America to call out what we see. And what we see, again, with this MAGA Republican agenda is an effort to disrupt our democracy. So whether it be through November and beyond November, I think it will always be important to call out any effort there is to destroy, essentially destroy the United States of America. President Biden has been very clear. He wants to work in a bipartisan effort. He has worked in a bipartisan effort. He's been able to get things done on behalf of our country. But when you have a MAGA Republican agenda that has no respect for the Constitution, that has no respect for free and fair elections, then it is important for all of us, not just the president, not just me, for all of us to call it out for what it is. There are way too many things wrong in that little soundbite for me to get into the next minute before we take a time out here. So I will save some of it for that. But most importantly, I want you to respond to that. I want you to react to that. I want you to tell me how you feel about being called somebody who wants to destroy the United States of America. And you know what the worst part about it is, my friends? It's the projection. It's the projection because there is a party in this country right now that wishes to destroy the United States as it currently stands. There is one party that is trying to restore the United States to its constitutional principles. And I think we know which one that is. I look forward to hearing from from you. My name is Bob Franson for Dennis Prager on The Dennis Prager Show. The Fed is unstable. Interest rates could go up at any moment. If you're relocating and need to buy a new home or invest in real estate, get fully underwritten and approved with Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at Sierra Pacific Mortgage before you make an offer. 
Their fast-track approval process will allow you to compete with cash offers, whether you're buying today, tomorrow, or a year from now. Even though housing prices are stabilizing or coming down, economic uncertainty, supply chain issues, and limited construction means the real estate market is limited and competitive. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com right now. Get fully approved today and have confidence so that when you're ready to buy, you'll have the money ready to go. Don't wait. Go to andrewandtodd.com. Lock in today's still historically low rates. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com. 877-243-7776. That's 8-Prager-776. How do you feel when you are told by a member of a party that has made it its mission to fundamentally transform America from what it is into something else? And that was the language used by Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Obama-Biden in 2008 and again in 2012 was all about the fundamental transformation of America. They meant it. Change it from what it is to something else. And now they're projecting on you saying that Republicans, MAGA Republicans to be precise, are trying to destroy the United States of America. She ran through a litany of, of just complete lies, which we'll get into, but I want to go to the phones here. But I want to know how you feel about that as a MAGA American. If you're a MAGA Republican, again, that doesn't mean you just believe that Donald Trump is God and I worship him. Without Trump, America will die. No, 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 no. I don't believe that. I don't believe that, and I don't think you believe that. I think Donald Trump was a tremendously successful president on a tremendous number of levels over the course of probably three and a half years. It started to get away because of COVID at the end of his presidency. Um, I think we would have been in a world of better shape if he had been allowed to win re-election. I believe it was stolen from him. But I think the response to COVID would have been far, far better. I think we would have been far more ahead. I don't think we'd be in the state of inflation and economic turmoil and um, uh, immigration turmoil that we are right now. But nonetheless, it's not about just him. It's about the movement that that he began for all of us, for 330 million Americans. Making America great again, being America first means putting all of our priorities ahead of those of people around the world, particularly people who don't often wish the United States well. These are not our friends in many cases. All right, I want to go to the phones and find out how you react to these things. We're going to start out with Don calling us from uh, Huntington Beach. Don, you are, uh, did I punch this up right there? Help me out here, Shoney. Uh, let's see. Don, do we have Don? Yes, okay, I'm Don, here. I got you. You're on, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. All right. First of all, yes, I am a mega Republican. In fact, when Donald Trump even announced he was going to run for president before anything else came up, being a person that also ran a business of my own for over 30 years manufacturing and that, I figured it's about time we get somebody in there that knows how to run things. All right. I I don't want to take a whole lot of time. But anyway, I want to go ahead and I want to add on. First, I'm proud to see that the Republicans are at least going ahead and got this contract out. I think that's very important. Now, the next thing and here's here's a thing that they should add on to that. This is a contract like you sign a contract. He's signing this contract, they are, with every American, whether it be Democrats, Republicans, or whatever, okay? Every American. That means that we're going to hold them to that contract. It's like a contract. And you have, here's something that the people are missing, too, in this whole system. We are the government. Everybody that walks around talks about the government. No, that's you and I. 
if it wasn't for the money we spend to put them where they are, then what's happening is the fact that uh, you know it, it, they couldn't exist. So here's the thing that we have to keep with the Americans first in war in, in line with, and that is that uh, being that we are the government, then that means we are giving you money to be able to do the things that we want, not what you want, what we want. So that's number one. Now, here's thing that I would like to add on quickly. Okay. The one thing we are missing here in getting to the people and getting to the polls is we have fake news. You know it. I know it. It's all about us, right? But here's another point. Just the same thing that we say we are the people that are good. We are the government. We pay. Guess what? We pay for these papers, do we not? So here's my goal to add on. I would like to see us and this, Dennis Prager's got probably several million people that watch his show and hear it. I would like to have today, tomorrow, at the latest, cancel your subscriptions. Cancel all the subscriptions to the New York Times and, and all of the other fake news and the Post and all the other junk. Now, I've already done that personally. I have one in particular, which I don't know if I should mention the name or not, but they are honest news. They, they have it in their papers. I am to fully get the weekly and everything. But anyway, that's the whole thing. Now, listen to what's going to happen. You cancel your subscription. Yes, you not saying that I won't look at the paper occasionally, but let's say that you get it for seven days, and now you're going to maybe pick up maybe one or two at, at, at a store or something. Big deal. But, hey, look at the what they've lost in money. Now, that's not just what they're going to well, lose here's, their money let, from let me, let, me, let me jump in here for a second, Don, and I appreciate yes. the points you're making, and I, and I appreciate the, the phone call as well. But let me, let me uh, y- your point about not reading, partaking in, supporting, patronizing these left-wing media outlets is, is, is spot on, of course. It's been going on for a very long time. And the latest example of the fact that it works is CNN. Look what CNN just did. CNN, CNN, nobody watches CNN. Now, does that mean Republicans specifically said we're going to try to you know, boycott the New York Times, boycott CNN, blah, blah, blah? No, not really. It's just that it's terrible television. It's terrible television, but it's also one-sided. It is filled with lies and, 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 uh, uh, and exaggerations and so forth. They were doing so poorly, they ended up changing the entire network. New leadership. New hosts, the moving Don Lemon from prime time to where he's uh, just basically uh, 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 invisible up on one of the morning shows. Uh, they got rid of Chris Cuomo. They got rid of Brian Stelter. All of these things happen because they are failing. And you're right. That can help with the newspaper industry as well. Um, but it's much, much deeper than that because they still have a presence online that most people consume their news from there. And that's why uh, we have to go deeper than that. We'll be right back. Bob Franson for Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. My Pillow's having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build My Pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes. And they're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. 
Call 800-761-6302, use the promo code Prager, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code Prager. 26 minutes before the top of the hour, Bob France sitting in for Dennis Prager live in the ReliefFactor.com studios in Cleveland, Ohio. AM 1420, The Answer. We're talking a little bit about projectionism. You know, like I said, it's one thing for one to accuse you of something falsely when someone bears false witness against you it's a it's a pretty significant crime it was bad enough that that you know it was it was on the the uh 10 commandments for goodness sakes if 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 it makes the list of top 10 uh sins top 10 crimes if you will you know it's pretty significant so for someone to bear false witness against you is one thing it's another thing when the person making the allegation is literally guilty of that very crime themselves. And that's what I have happening here. And that's why I'm just so mesmerized when I listen to Joe Biden. I call him Joe Brandon because let's go, Brandon. I apologize not for that. Um, to hear him talking about how we are the ones trying to destroy the Constitution. We are the ones trying to destroy the country as it is. When quite literally, the one thing, you know, hold, we had the last caller call, brought up the contract for America. It's not the contract for America, by the way. He was hearkening back to the uh, Newt Gingrich uh, 1990s contract with America. The one put forth here by Speaker Kevin McCarthy is the commitment to America. I'm holding the card in my hand, and if you're watching on um, on uh, Salem, Salem uh, News Channel or on uh, the Dennis Prager uh, Show Channel via, via Skype or however you're watching it, uh, you can see this. I have the palm card in my hand. Oh, it doesn't work so well like that. There we go. I have the palm card in my hand, and it is the commitment to America, and it's four bullet points with a whole bunch of information underneath each, but the four points, an economy that's strong, a nation that's safe, a future that's built on freedom, and a government that's accountable. Now, I'll be darned if I wouldn't look at those four things and think to myself, those were almost identical to the principles put forth by the founding fathers. And yet we're being accused of trying to destroy America, an economy that is strong and that is capitalist, that is based on consumers deciding what they need and driving the engine um, You know that, uh, that makes this economy strong. It is not something that is decided by a government. Supply and demand, free market. That, that makes an economy strong, and that, that is inconsistent, or it is consistent with the founding fathers' belief that we should be free. We are a free capitalist republic. Number two, a nation that's safe. That was, again, one of the other principles, I think, of the, when, this, when this country was founded and how it's been, it's, it's been, it has evolved into safety for all throughout its, the course of its nearly 250 years of history. Um, you cannot have a country unless you have safety. You cannot have a life. You cannot enjoy the freedoms and the liberties and the glorious uh, uh, things that this opportunities that this country has to offer if you are constantly in fear for your life or your safety. And that means not only from within but from without. A future that's built on freedom. This one is focused a lo- largely on a parent's bill of rights, letting parents control their own decisions, make their make up their own minds, their families' minds on what's right for their children, not turning them over to the state so the state can raise them. The state is supposed to educate them, not raise them. 
Freedom means that parents have a right to know what's going on in their kids' schools. Freedom means that we have the ability to decide who and what has access to our children. Freedom is, I mean, it, it should go without saying what we are trying to do here. And then in the fourth one, a government that's accountable. What is, what is possibly even more important than that? A government that continues to operate under the cloak of darkness, a government that continues to try to keep um, uh, secret what its plans are for the future, a government that continues to tout that enemies of the state, enemies of democracy, or anybody who disagree with us, is a government that cannot be trusted, a government that would sick its own federal agencies, like the FBI and the IRS, on its political enemies solely to intimidate and frighten people so that they won't be enemies anymore, that they'll be quiet? That's not a transparent government. That's a, that's a brutal totalitarian government. So going back to my point here about projection, there is a party that is trying to stand up for the constitutional principles and foundations upon which this country was built, And there's one that is trying to fundamentally transform it into something else. Transform it from a capitalist economy to a socialist, almost Marxist economy. There is somebody that is trying to to transfer it from, or transform it from, a free, sovereign state into one in which has open borders. Welcome, friends, to hour number two of the Dennis Prager Show, six minutes after the top. Thanks for being with us. My name is Bob France, sitting in for Dennis on Rosh Hashanah. Very, very happy to be here. Wish Dennis and everyone else in the Jewish community a blessed day today. And uh, it's my pleasure to be with you. And it's always an honor to be with Dennis Prager's very intelligent audience. I really do. And I appreciate people who don't agree with everything that is being said by me, by a guest, by another caller. And we're having some some pretty good discussion on this. I'm going to continue with it here in a moment. But first, a reminder that the phone lines are open at 877-243-7776. That's 8-Prager-776. You know, it's really interesting um, that we're having the discussions we are about policing in America based on somebody who doesn't like cops based on somebody who said he doesn't trust cops. He doesn't think cops are, are, are good because they don't make up their own minds. They always follow orders, and sometimes those orders are wrong. And he pointed to Uvalde as an example. If, if those officers would have done things on their own, you know, maybe things would have turned out differently. Maybe some lives would have been saved. And that's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. It is in no way for certain In no way, shape, or form is that known for certain. Um, And the reason I think it's interesting that we're talking about policing and how they should conduct themselves and how they they should do their jobs is because we're at a time right now less than 50 days away from a midterm election or the midterm elections that are going to decide policy and power over the course of the next two years in the um, federal legislature and a bunch of other races as well, governor's races and, and more. But we're at a time where we're about to decide who gets to make the decisions on how things like that are done, talking about policing. There's one party that is, has made its mission 
particularly ever since George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose and an idiot cop who wouldn't let him get up. Um, did not kill him, I still say. In, 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 the fact that he had seven times the lethal amount of fentanyl in, in his system, seven times, and still didn't die, showed exactly how uh, much tolerance his body had built up to the, uh, to the dangerous drugs. But uh, George Floyd's situation, ever since George Floyd died in that terrible situation, the left has been, has been preaching and screeching um, to defund police to take funds away from police so they can't hire any more cops, to literally fire cops, to eliminate police departments and, and, and uh, replenish them with, uh, replace them with um, social services uh, civilians or something like that. Yeah, just send, send people with their, um, with their uh, clipboards to talk down a violent shooter who's in the middle of a, uh, a hate crime or, or whatever the case might be. They've been trying to defund cops now for, for two solid years. Now, as we head into this midterm, of course, they're trying to re, uh, revise the history and say, we never said that. In fact, it's the Republicans who want to defund police. Can you believe that? They actually tried that. Again, it's the projection that gets you. To me, it's one thing to have terrible ideas. It's another thing to cast aspersions on other people with the same ideas that you actually hold. So they, they actually tried to try to convince uh, voters that the Republicans are the ones who are soft on crime and the Republicans are the ones who are um, uh, anti-police or are, are defund the police or abolish the police or whatever. I, as an example, by the way, I'm here in Ohio. We had a Senate race between J.D. Vance, the Republican, and Tim Ryan, the Democrat who's been in the House, who's been a, a far-left progressive wingnut for virtually his entire career. Trying to go on TV now. He's been running ads in Ohio since uh, since May, since the actual May primary, trying to convince you that he's the one who's pro-police. And J.D. Vance is, is anti-police. It's unbelievable. It completely goes against his record, one in which he actually called for the defunding of police. So they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to say that they don't support uh, or that they, they don't want to defund the police, and they do support the police, and it's just all so much trash. And... The reason I find this interesting is because those of us who consider ourselves to be conservative, believers in law and order, the rule of law, those of us who believe that have been staunch supporters of police and policing in America for a very long time because we recognize there is only one thing that's, that can separate you from life and death in the middle, if you are being in the middle of being victimized in a violent crime. Well, actually, it's two things. One could be the Second Amendment and your own ability to defend yourself from being killed in a violent crime. That's something else that the left wants to take away from you. Joe Brandon literally said that again when he went on a, on a tangent about assault weapons, which we'll talk about in a moment. But two ways. One is, is to defend yourself. The other way is, of course, is if a police officer shows up in time. And when the bullets are flying, in 99% of the cases in this country, when the bullets are flying and the people are fleeing, who's charging? Who's charging toward the bullets? Charging toward the gunfire? Charging toward the bad guys? I have a deep, deep respect for people willing to put on a badge and strap a sidearm to their hip. And then go and say, my job is to protect other people from bad things. And 99 times out of 100, that's exactly what they do. And they do with an attempt to preserve life, not take it. 
Now, does every cop make the right decision in every circumstance? No. Hence the Uvalde discussion that I had with a previous caller. No question. But he complained about the fact that the police officers followed orders. And if they follow orders, you know, they shouldn't have followed orders. They should have done what they thought was right. And I made the comparison, and I'll back it up again, to the military. If you let a foot soldier do what he thinks is right in every circumstance, whenever you're fighting in a combat zone, you're going to get dead foot soldiers. And you're going you're gonna to lose positions, and you're going to lose whatever the, uh, the mission parameters were. You're, you're going to fail in achieving them or working within them and achieving the desired result. And people, more people are going to die sometimes, sometimes, both in military parlance and in policing, uh, you, know, you know, American civilian policing. Sometimes the decision that has to be made is what's the best way to minimize the loss of life? If you can't eliminate the loss of life, if you cannot follow and respond in a manner that is going to achieve the objective while, while completely saving every life possible, then you kind of have to make decisions on what's the best way to not, you know, to, to lose the, 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 the least amount of life. And again, 99 times out of 100, when you see those guys in those blue uniforms and in those badges charging ahead, they know they very well could take one. That's why they wear vests. But, of course, not every bullet hits the vest, does it? You can probably name police officers in your community who died who had vests on, but it got hit in the head or got hit in the neck or got hit in the ribs uh, where the vest doesn't cover, right? Anybody who's willing to do that for a living has my respect and my support. Anybody who's willing to say, here's my job. I'm going to put this uniform on. I'm going to put this vest on. I'm going to put this sidearm on my hip, and I'm going to go try to help people who need help. Hopefully I'll come back tonight. And oh, by the way, even if I do come back tonight, if some civilian force decides I didn't do and provide that help to their satisfaction or adequately enough while also trying to preserve and protect my own life, and they can now take me and put me on trial and potentially put me in jail again, I don't know how every cop in America isn't dropping their badge in the dirt and saying, I'm out of here. See ya. I'm going to go weld for a living. They're not going to shoot at me, and then if I shoot at the wrong time shooting back or at the wrong place or hit the wrong person, they're going to throw me in prison for the rest of my life. They're not going to do that to me if I'm a welder. I think I'm going to go find a new career. No, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I won't say that I'm not going to let you disparage police, but if you've got a criticism, you better believe I'm going to ask for some specifics and you better believe, believe I'm going to ask you not to generalize. I think there was some cowardice down in that um, school shooting in Parkland, Florida, when the coward from Broward stayed outside while the shooter was inside. And I think there was some cowardice and some, some confusion about what to do, and the chances are, the odds are very, very good. In fact, the fact that they did not engage that shooter properly in Uvalde, Texas, is an example of them not following orders, meaning they didn't train well enough. The leadership failed on how to deal with a potential school shooter. See, here's the thing. In 2022, every school needs to think it could be us instead of what the standard used to be, which is, that'll never happen here. Isn't that what everybody thinks? That'll never happen here. Oh, my gosh, you see what happened in, 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 uh, in Colorado? Oh, my gosh, you see what happened down in Florida? Boy, good thing that'll never happen here. And then it happens here, and nobody's ready for it. There does need to be, there does need to be accountability. Don't get me wrong. 
But I'm not going to sit here and say that the police are a problem. At a time of rampant, violent crime, the only thing stopping us from being victimized are those cops. We'll be back. All right, we're going to go right back to the phones here. And Arcadia, California is where we find Harry. You're on the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in. Harry, go right ahead. Yeah, Bob, you're way out of your lane. You have no idea what you're talking about. Okay? Let me explain something to you. Okay? I was on the Sheriff's Department, L.A. County Sheriff's Department. We trained everybody in the state of California. Okay? I was a training guy. And let me explain this to you. When they decided that the COVID's here, and all of a sudden, all these police officers left, the ones that had tenure, the ones that knew what they were doing, the ones who had the type A personality, and then things changed. What happened is that they had been recruiting people in the old days, XGIs, okay, XGIs, XJOCs. Well, guess what? Things change. And now the people in charge, if you've been in a fight before you go into the department, you're not going to make it in the academy. You're not going to be invited, Okay. They want people who are passive and do nothing and follow orders, okay? People are dramatically smaller now. Why? Because they had to take certain things out of the test, out of the, out of the, uh, the uh, recruitment for all departments. You just have to drag a guy out of a car. It's a dummy. It weighs 160 pounds. Oh, gosh, that's too heavy. Let's not do that anymore, okay? Uh, they used to have to climb a six-foot wall. That's not, no, no, that doesn't, no, we don't do that anymore, and so on and so on. Okay, people with boxing, they took it out of the academy. Okay, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, they run the academy for every small agency within the county. Now, here's how it works, okay? You put those softs in positions, and then, like when I work the station, you, have a, you put in a policy where if you stop a black person in Compton, and he goes, no matter what you did or didn't do, and he goes to your desk sergeant and says, this person called me a racial name that goes in your book okay two or three of those and guess what you'll never promote you're considered a bad guy all right so guys stop working and more retire harry harry you are so far all over the place here i don't even know where you are now you you've gone from so many different places from training in the academy to softs to not having to uh, box anymore to defending cops uh, obviously as you're saying all somebody has to do is say that you called them a racial name and you're not going to get promoted and you're exactly right about that, by the way. That is one of the big problems here. Let me tell you this. None of the things that you just described describes any of the cops that I know. All right? And I know a lot of them. I know a lot of them. And these are people who are hard people. These are people who are dedicated people. These are people who want to help people. These are people who would lay their lives down for you and for me and for my family. Uh, and I know cops all over Cleveland, all over Northeast Ohio, literally all over uh, virtually every city and every county all over Northeast Ohio which is where I'm from. I can tell you that the description that you have of, of uh, the way they were trained or the way they are trained, maybe, maybe, the, maybe that's the difference. When you talk about the academy today, maybe today, maybe they're removing certain things and they're making it easier and they make it softer, and the chances are they have to just to get people recruited and to get them through because they're so understaffed in so many different departments across the country. Why? Because some of the stuff you said at the end of your call or what I made the end of your call, when you said cops are not even allowed to arrest somebody or, or, or pull somebody over without somebody claiming that they used a racial slur and now they're in trouble. They're not going to get promoted. You know, cops are, are spit upon. They're attacked. They're, um, uh, they're um, uh, what ambushed. 
all of these things. And then again, when they do their jobs and they have to use force, no matter what the circumstances are, somebody's going to claim that it was excessive. Somebody's going to claim that it was unnecessary. Why did you shoot? You should have waited until they shot at you first. All of this stuff is why people aren't trying to become cops anymore. Of course, they're going to dumb down the requirements because they need to get more people in there. And that's not the cop's fault. That is the that is the that is the culture's fault. That is the government's fault. Quite frankly, if I may say, that is the left's fault because they demonize policing, demonize police officers to the point where they're considered the enemy. And the gang members that they're trying to arrest, oh, these are people who are oppressed. You don't know what it's like to be young and black or Hispanic in America, so you don't know what it means that why they joined those gangs. They didn't have dads. This is the only family they know, and you're going to bust them like that. You're going to come down on them. You're going to shoot at them. They, they find ways to glorify the criminals and demonize the officers. So, Harry, like I said, God bless you, and, and, and good luck to you. Uh, you, you're so far all over the place there with your call. You were attacking cops, attacking the institution of policing, attacking the academy, but then defending them. So I don't even know where you're going, but I, I do appreciate the phone call. Very unique, very unique set of calls on this subject so far today. Tom is in uh, Glendora. Tom, you're on the Dennis Prager Show. Go ahead, sir. Hey, thank you very much, Bob. By the way, your screener, Leslie, what a sweetheart. By the way... Before I get to my point, my condolences to you. You've lost your Cleveland Indians. Now you got the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> what does that tell us? Huh? Well, you know what? That that's the reason I haven't been to a game or watched a pitch, to be honest that's with you. Right, and yeah. I do know that they won. The, I do know they just won their division. It's a remarkable accomplishment for what I believe they say is the youngest team in baseball and the lowest payroll in baseball or whatever. But when God they went politically correct and canceled the name Indians, I was done. God bless you. Good man, good yes, man. Sir. By the way, MAGA is double MAGA. What do I mean by that? You can't have one without the other. Of course, make America great again. That only works if you make America godly again and you fight evil. We got good versus evil. That is God versus the devil. It's never changed since the Garden of Eden. And what we face today is getting back to God. All of us Tom, I'm out of time, my friend, but I love your MAGA. Make America godly again. We'll be back. 26 minutes before the top of the hour. Welcome uh, to the Dennis Prager Show, or welcome back to the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in in Cleveland, Ohio. So we've been talking about a number of things in, in the program so far, but I started the show talking about the fact that we're under 50 days from the uh, midterm elections and the level of vitriol being thrown from the American left at those of us who are, maybe you're not, but those of us who are on the American right is only being ramped up. Uh, and it's kind of funny, too, because I've got audio clips here. I don't know if I'll play them all or not, but Mika Brzezinski on uh, MSNBC talking about how the uh, the right is the party that is using hatred and uh, hateful rhetoric. It's so funny because it is the president of the United States that called half of the country semi-fascist. It is the president of the United States that called half of the country uh, enemies of the state, for goodness sakes. Well, they were pretty proud of what they had done over the course of the last couple of weeks because they were talking about this bounce before the midterm election. Biden's approval ratings were suddenly on the rise. 
He was in the 30s, and now he was up over 40%. They've been bragging about it. You look on Twitter. You look on social media. How come the media is not making a bigger deal out of Joe Biden's improvement in his, his approval rating? Rising up into the 40s. You know, we're going to keep the House. We're going to keep the Senate. We're, we're back, baby. The, the, the blue wave is coming. Well, that had to be a heck of a crash for them come Sunday, because literally just Sunday, as in yesterday, the ABC Washington Post most recent poll was released. Mind you, this isn't Rasmussen. This isn't Fox News. This isn't some conservative right-wing push polling service. This is the AP, or I beg your pardon, ABC Washington Post. Nobody hates Trump and, and conservatives quite like the Washington Post, New York Times, right? The ABC Washington Post poll has Biden sinking back down under 40%. The poll was just released yesterday. 53% of the respondents disapprove approve of uh, Biden's job performance. 39% approve. He's underwater by 14 points overall. And moreover... And this is something that should make you feel good as they try to tell you they're trying to will it into existence, the American media, this, this big blue comeback. Even more importantly, when you drill down inside of the overall numbers and talk about the issues, Republicans in this ABC News Washington Post poll hold double-digit leads when asked, who do you trust better to handle inflation? Republicans. Double-digit lead, who do you trust better to handle the economy? Republicans. And by double-digit leads, who do you trust more to handle crime? The answer, according to these respondents to the Washington Post poll, Republicans. And if you're thinking that, you know, well, there's still, you know, a chance that Biden and, and, the, and, the, and the Democrats are going to come back again, you know, because of look at Rovember. Rovember's coming. You know what that means, the Roe versus Wade, it's got all of the, the pro-death, par, uh, uh, pro-death party fired up to crawl across broken glass to vote against Republicans. Because, you know, they're all pro-life and stuff. So Rovember is coming. Well, that's when we're going to come back. Well, I've got some bad news for you there as well. In the same survey... of those who supported the Dobbs ruling, meaning they agreed with overturning Roe versus Wade, say they are certain to vote. 70% of those who opposed the Dobbs ruling say they are certain to vote. So even the pro-life movement, the pro-life movement is more energized and excited about getting out there and changing control of this country than the pro-death movement. And you got to understand, that's what it is. Don't, don't think I'm misspeaking. A lot of people think that it's a debate between pro-life and pro-choice. Look up the definition of the word life in any dictionary you can find. And then look up, look, well, better, better than that, look up the word definition or look up the word life in a thesaurus. And then look under the antonyms, which is the opposite. The opposite of life is not choice. The opposite of life is death. So you are either pro-life or you are pro-death, and the pro-lifers are even outnumbering the uh, energized voters for November than the pro-death cult. So even November is not going to save them. So the numbers are devastating for them, which is why they're ramping up the rhetoric about evil MAGA Americans trying to destroy the country even more. 
And I hope they keep this up for the next uh, month and a half because I think the wave will be bigger than ever before. It's uh, 21 minutes before the hour. Bob France in for Dennis. Right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Onward into the final hour of the Dennis Prager Show. We continue. Bob France sitting in for Dennis live in Cleveland, Ohio. The ReliefFactor.com studios of AM 1420, The Answer. If you're interested in learning more or listening more to what I do every day in Cleveland, you can find my show at alwayswrite.us, alwayswriteradio, alwayswrite.us. You can listen live through our uh, station's uh, uh, streaming feed and beyond, alwayswrite.us. So I want to follow up with the last caller who said that uh, Obama suspended uh, Posse Comitatus back uh, in his first term. And I remembered the circumstances of which he was speaking. He claimed that it was the, the law today that Posse Comitatus is under suspension and military can indeed be used to police civilians in American streets and cities. And I told him I do not believe that to be the case. I do remember something of the Obama situation, but uh, not that he just granted in, in perpetuity uh, the right of the military to police the American people. Um, I looked it up during the break, and, and this is what I found. Um, it was never officially a suspension of posse comitatus in the first place. What Obama did in 2010 was he signed an executive order, 13528. And this is right after the Flight 253 terrorist attack, as they called it. Um, some in one of the sources I'm looking at the said that the swine flu pandemic and a few other man-made disasters was what he used to create a council of governors chosen by the president, Uh, who would rubber stamp long sought-after Pentagon contingency plans to seize control of the state National Guard forces in the event of a national emergency. Executive orders are obviously given by the president that are generally used to direct federal agencies and officials in the execution of laws or policies established by the Congress. In many instances, especially during that decade, Executive orders have been used to guide agencies in directions contrary to congressional intent. Executive orders are controversial since they are sometimes used to make laws without the consent of the Congress. We know this. Obama did it countless numbers of times, even while saying to the press, I don't have a magic wand. I can't can't just wave a wand and make this happen. Then he went ahead and did it. 
with DACA, for example. Uh, Biden is doing it every day when it comes to COVID. But I digress. I want to stay on topic here. In keeping with tradition, no mention was made by the media of Obama's executive order egregiously subverting the Posse Comitatus Act of 1878. A White House press release at that time, it's hard to believe this is 12 years ago now, a White House press release at that time claims the 10-member bipartisan council was created to strengthen further the partnership between the federal government and state governments to protect our nation against all types of hazards, end quote. Now, many people, particularly enemies of Obama or critics of Obama, um, they looked at it this way. Once appointed, according to the White House press release, the council would be reviewing such matters as involving the National Guard of various states, of homeland defense, civil support, synchronization and integration of state and federal military activities in the United States, and other matters of mutual interest pertaining to the National Guard, homeland defense, and civil support activities. Synchronizing and integrating state National Guard units with those of the armed forces would then place them under the control of the United States Northern Command. That which was egregiously created in 2002, allegedly to help fight the war on terror, one of the largest acts of treason ever perpetrated against U.S. citizens by its government, at least according to this analysis. So I'll stop it there to kind of clarify the point that the caller was making, and actually to clarify where he was wrong. Obama did not officially suspend Posse Comitatus at all. He created an organization, a council of governors, which, according to critics, could be used, could be used to merge uh, National Guards, state National Guards, with federal military troops in order to, quote-unquote, protect or serve against a variety of national hazards or things, all types of hazards that could be uh, could come down in, in American cities. So was it a complete suspension of posse comitatus? No. Could you rightfully look at it as an attempt to find a way to bring the military into American streets? Yeah, you could argue that. But it was not a suspension of posse comitatus, and it does not exist today. All right? I hope that clarifies it. Sometimes, I mean, really, you just got to talk it out and then look it up and check the history and see what it was. It was this Executive Order 13528. You can look it up yourself. Uh, it was an attempt to create a council of governors in order to use those governors' st- uh, state national guards in order to com- uh, combine them or merge them with federal military personnel. And then they would all thus be under command of the uh, of the federal military. Therefore, posse comitatus would be suspended. But that's not exactly how it came out. All right, thanks so much for that phone call. I appreciate it. That one came from Bloomington. This one comes from uh, Los Angeles. Thomas, you're on the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Thomas. I live in the city of Los Angeles. I'm definitely on the uh, police department side because I have had uh, two nephews who have gotten killed on black-on-black crime. And I have a nephew who father was an LAPD. And a black man killed him. He's been dead over 45 years serving our community. He put his life on the line. When I'm in my car with my wife, with my grandchildren, and with my children, every chance I get, I tell them, my family and I are definitely really appreciate 
you guys on the streets. Well, I'll tell you what, Thomas. First of all, my, my condolences to you for the loss of your two nephews to those terrible crime situations and also um, uh, the officer that, that was in your family. Um, here's And thank you for the phone call, too. Here's a, a sad reality. <clears throat> when George Floyd died and the massive push against policing, and particularly against what some viewed as racist policing um, that resulted, um, the left tried to convince America that black people didn't want cops around because they felt unsafe. That, That narrative continues today in Black Lives Matter, that police are racist, police are symptomatic of the systemic uh, racism that is perpetrated by the powers that be in this country. And obviously black people are incarcerated far more than white people. Black people are arrested more and, and so on and so forth. And black people are, are shot more, so the narrative goes. It's not true, by the way, proportionally to the populations at all. But their story was black people don't want cops to be around because they don't feel safe. That is one of the biggest lies that has ever been told in this entire era of anti-police uh, attitudes. Defund police. Abolish police. You know, Cory Bush, abolish police. Ayanna Presley, abolish police altogether. Uh, Sharia Tlaib, all of them. And um, the reality is black communities love cops more than any other communities do. Don't believe me? Go into them. Ask them. Ask them what their lives are like if there aren't patrol cars routinely coming up and down their streets. Ask them what their lives are like when there is a visible police presence in their streets. And you know what they'll tell you? The same thing they've told me. The same thing they've told police officers that, I, that patrol those neighborhoods. Get your butts back here and stay here. When you're not around, I get jacked. My house gets broken into, my car gets broken into, my kid gets, gets assaulted. When, I, when you're not here, we're sitting ducks. And the reason for that is something that we're not supposed to say out loud. That black-on-black crime is far and away the most frequent and common type of crime in this country. Black neighborhoods victimized over 90% of the time by black people who live within those neighborhoods. Now, that's not unusual in in and of itself, because the overwhelming majority of white crime is committed against white people. Generally speaking, people commit crimes in the areas and around the people that they're around the most, where they live, where they work. So over 85% of white crime is against white people, or rather, over 85% of white victims are victimized by white perpetrators. Over 90-plus percent uh, is true in the black-on-black statistic. What makes it so egregious is the overall amount of crime. And the reality is that more than 50% of the murders... Oh, looks like we got a break here. I'll be back. Phone lines are open at 877-243-7776. That's 8-Prager-776. Real quick, I just want to finish the thought from the previous caller who was talking about losing his nephews to black-on-black crime and how he fully supports the police. And my point was that most black people in America do. 
the overwhelming number of black people in America actually do, particularly those who live in uh, demographically segregated areas, you know, in black neighborhoods, to put it, in, put it plainly. And I, I was giving you some of the statistics a few moments ago, and the, the statistic that nobody wants to say out loud, that nobody is allowed to say out, loud, say out loud, but that is proven year after year after year after year with federal <coughs> crime statistics, excuse me, <coughs> crime statistics, um, is that 13% of the population, which is the black population, commit more than 50% of the murders in the United States of America. More than 45% of violent crimes overall, when you add in assaults and rapes, it, it's just, it's a sad reality. And guess who the victims always are? Over 95% of the time, they're, they're black people. Black people are victimized by black perpetrators at a rate that is far, 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 far greater than the rate of any other race against itself or interracial violent crime uh, in America. It's sad, but it's real. And it's true. And you know who will tell you it's true? The people who live in those black communities who say, bring the cops back. Do not tell the cops. To, don't, don't thin out the ranks. Don't defund. Don't shrink them. Don't let them be understaffed. Don't tell me we can't get patrol cars around here because if I don't have patrol cars around here, I'm in trouble. They know that their best friend in their day-to-day lives is the neighborhood police officer. That's just a sad reality, and that gentleman who called from Los Angeles is just will bear witness to that. There's just far, far, far too much violent crime in inner-city minority communities. They're the ones who need police more than anyone else. Okay, to uh, where? How about Arizona? Williams, Arizona is where I'll find Jack waiting on the Dennis Prager Show. It's Bob sitting in for Dennis. Go right ahead, Jack. Oh, it, yeah, Jack. It is Jack. Go ahead, Jack. Hi, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yes, I thought you might be interested in my bumper sticker that I had printed up. I handed out about 200 of them. It says, support your local felon, defund the police. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. That's not far off. That's exactly what it does. You defund cops, you make life happy and easy for your local felons. That is very well said, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, Jack, can I buy one of those somewhere? Um, I'm probably going to do another printing i'll mail you one uh, i would love it after, i would love it after, i'm going to put you on hold here don't... yeah after yeah off the air, put your assistant on i want to bring something else up also and it's been said yeah. before but i think you can't say it too much there is okay. no such thing in any city in america where a cop car pulls up and says you black guy get in the back of the car i'm taking you to jail there's always a crime committed it's investigated. There are charges filed. There's an attorney appointed. It's a, it's a whole legal process. We have not gotten to the point of communist Russia where they can take anyone in at any time for any reason and, and make them disappear. I'm afraid we're headed well, that way, but we're not there yet. Well, in fact, we're headed in the other direction. Now... You can actually have a police officer pull somebody over or pull up to somebody or whatever, uh, having observed the crime uh, and investigated the crime, made an arrest in the crime, taking the individual to jail for their crime, then have them go before a judge for an arraignment for that crime, and then have, have that judge say, yeah, you're good, go free. 
no bond. Don't worry about it. We'll call and tell you when we're going to make another move in your uh, in your in your prosecution, if there is to be a prosecution. We're in the other direction now. They're not even arresting people, or they're not allowed to keep people locked up because, well, as you know, bail is a is a is a systemic tool of white supremacy because most poor most people who are poor in this country are black. So therefore, if you're black and you get arrested, you're too poor to post bail. You got to stay in in jail. Whereas wealthy white people get to be let out because they can afford their bail. So all of this nonsense and all of this racial activism is just leading to more and more victimization in the communities because they can't keep the criminals locked up. Yeah, precisely. We need fathers in the homes also. That's another subject. That's a subject that our friend, uh, you know, Dennis's friend, my friend, our mutual friend, Larry Elder, has been at the forefront of for so many years. He continues, even though he's no longer doing Salem Radio, uh, he continues to do that and uh, fight that fight because that is exactly right. Office, and I'm going to put you on hold now, Jack. Uh, we're not hanging up on you. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you where I, I would love to get one of those bumper stickers. Um, Officer Tatum. <clears throat> who took the uh, slot for, uh, for, for Larry, is continuing to fight that fight. There are so many terrific African-American leaders who speak out on this, and they do so knowing they're going to be Uncle Tom'd and they're going to be you know, the, criticized in this way or another. I won't say some of the other words that they call African-American leaders who speak out about this, but they're all, Candace Owens, they're all spot on. It is a cultural thing. It is not a community thing. It is a cultural thing. It is a, it's just not important enough in far too many of, the, of those households or those relationships for the fathers to stick around and raise their kids, particularly raise their boys. And that leads to the boys looking for family wherever they can find it, and they usually find it in gangs and in doing terrible, terrible things. It's why they end up in prison at a much higher rate, uh, runaways, drug addictions, killed and so on and so forth. It's a terrible truth, but it is the truth. I know nobody likes to talk about it, but there it is. All right, uh, we'll take a short time out here. i got time for plenty of more phone calls. Stay there. Bob Franson for Dennis Prager. Right back. Okay, 33 minutes past the hour as we continue on the Dennis Prager Show. And, you know, that, that's literally, seriously, uh, totally coincidental that, that, I, that I gave you that now because I was just talking with a caller about uh, black crime, black on black crime, and so on and so forth. Um, and then we were talking about how, you know, prosecutors are not locking people up despite there being dangers to the society. Let me give you a story. You already know the story by now. Probably you already heard it um, uh, of a white guy. Another example of this, though. This is what is wrong with our with our criminal justice system. It is not that it's too tough. It's too harsh. It's too difficult. It's too you know oppressive. It is too soft on thuggish criminals. And sadly. Politics plays a role in too many cases. And the story I'm talking about is Shannon Brandt. Shannon Brandt is the 41-year-old who drove and killed, drove his, his, uh, his SUV and killed an 18-year-old named Kaylor Ellingson because he said that Kaylor Ellingson was a, was a conservative Republican or a Republican extremist. Now, first of all, there's no evidence whatsoever as the investigation has unfolded that he was some sort of an extremist. Number two, who cares? I don't care if he was an extremist. I don't care if he was a gang member. You don't get to just aim your vehicle at somebody and drive and murder them. Period. Well, this guy, he is out right now. He's he's not under house arrest. He has no curfew. He posted a $50,000 bond. 
which is criminally low for a murder suspect. He told the judge, you know, um, you know, I got a life here, man. I got a life and I got a job. I got a family that I don't want to be too inconvenienced by this whole, you know, murder trial thing. So, uh, you know, can you hook me up a little bit? And the judge said, okay. And this is common. This is common. It's happening more and more and more in the, you know, the large urban centers like Los Angeles and Chicago and Philadelphia and New York. And most of the time, the beneficiaries of such leniency are minorities. And that's because of DIE. That's because of diversity, inclusion, and equity. And I know some people call it DEI. I don't. DIE, because it spells die, which is what they're doing to our country. But they do this because, well, we don't have too many people of color in the jails. We need to make sure that we have an equitable, equitable distribution of the, uh, of the criminal justice that we meet out in our country. And that's literally what's happening. But in this case, this white thug, this 41-year-old, mowed down another white guy, a white on white crime, because he said he was a Republican extremist, then told the judge, give me a break. I don't want to have my life disrupted too much here. He ended an 18-year-old's life. An 18-year-old. And, and he's out right now on a, on a low $50,000 bond. And he's not even under house arrest or ankle monitoring. We have problems in our criminal justice system. And it isn't that it's too harsh. Let's go next to um, where? How about Detroit? That's where Jay is waiting for us. Jay, thanks for your patience. You're on the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you very much, sir. Uh, wonderful show and uh, program. Uh, you know, I would say one of the great uh, pillars of this uh, country is uh, obviously law and order. So um, I'm on the bandwagon of uh, Donald Trump when it comes to uh, law and order and don't have a problem with uh, saying that. Um, so defunding the police is uh, not the way to go. We most uh, I definitely obviously uh, need uh, police. Um, if we had no crime, then there wouldn't be a problem with the trade-off of not having uh, police, but since that's never going to happen, uh, it's that's a necessity right. of life. Um, yes, sir. I, I, I think also there has to be a, a balanced approach. When we look at these uh, institutions in society um, and law enforcement. Jay, well, Jay in Detroit, hold on a second, Jay. Um, you just started your balanced approach, and I've only got five seconds left. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to pick up your balanced approach right after this on the Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.